What's up, y'all? It's Patrick. Welcome back to the Life in Commune podcast. For all of our Apple and Spotify listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we begin this episode, make sure to rate the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. As you know, it helps us spread the vibe. And this week, we are celebrating our one year of being online. Crazy experience, but we're still here. We're still vibing and thriving with it. If you use the code CELEBRATE on communeyogastudio.com, you get one month free. So come check us out. Come be part of the experience. It's a fun time. We hope to share the practice space with you soon. All right, y'all. We are back. We're back in the mix. Um, while it looks really nice on set, um, we are surrounded by chaos. I cannot lie oh, about yeah. that. There's lots of blocks. And <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> blocks are everywhere. But, yeah. Um, if you've been to the studio in person, the stall bars are off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're gone. There's a... It's... it's the, the mirror is off one of the walls. Mm-hmm. We've taken out some of the cabinets. It's been a... Uh, oh, yeah, cabinets are gone. All yeah. Them, both of them. Don't worry. We will still be back in this space, though, practicing and teaching. With a fresh new experience. With a, with a fresh <laughs> new experience. I like it. That's very true. Yeah. We have a lot of really cool changes coming that we'll be super excited to share with you in coming weeks. But, um, yeah, that was kind of the reason we missed last week, to be honest with you. You've seen Carling's story a little bit. You probably noticed that we were in the new space. That will be one of the new spaces that we film classes in because when we come back to being an in-person studio, hopefully in the very near future here, uh, we can't we can't film classes all day long, which we've been doing mm-hmm. for a year, um, which is crazy to think about. So, uh, yeah, you know, we have to have a new space to film classes, to film content for trainings, for other teaching modules, which we're really excited will be coming out soon-ish. I was people. Anytime I say soon, I feel like people want a date, and you know, a date is kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, it'll, it'll, it'll happen. TBD. Yeah, the, yeah. the TBD. I think is um, is fair to say. All right. Speaking of <clears throat> teaching online, one of the first questions we got this week that's kind of a cool one to hop into because it's positive. It's always good to start on a positive note. What is the most rewarding moment or kind of thing that's happened since moving the studio online? Uh, for me, I would say the reach. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, been so cool that. to have people be a part of the community that don't live in Seattle. And a lot of um, friends uh, back in Oklahoma City, where I'm from, and some other people have practiced with me before. It's cool that Well, you're from here. I'm, I'm down. I, it's two to, it's two to one today. Oklahoma <laughs> yeah, City versus the world today. You're all done by the I don't call it home anymore. I just yeah. say, like, back to Oklahoma City or, like, I'd back still, to I'm still fresh enough that it still is home, mm-hmm. for sure, for me. I but. understand. Uh, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but to be able to uh, offer what we do, even though it's, it's weird, there's no students or feedback or anything but at the same time you know that there could be possibilities of people watching it kind of anywhere and that's really cool to be able to connect and especially through like social media and stuff to be able to see some of the uh, people practice from all over this place beautiful backgrounds and backdrops I'm like damn some of these people have some some awesome I know uh, people practice especially when it was like pretty winter here like we've had some nice days recently but when it's pretty winter here and you see people you know, Shelby, like, hitting your flow on the oh, beach somewhere. Yeah. You're like, hey, all uh, right, you do your thing. Yeah, there was one the other day. Like, it looked like she was in her living room, but she had this curtain that pulled back to, like, a beautiful view. I'm like, where is she? That is incredible, <laughs> you know? So that's really cool. Yeah, but I would say I would say definitely being able to uh, reach people that normally wouldn't have a chance to practice with us is, is super cool. So. Yeah, and I would pretty much just have to second everything he said. I think just the reach and being able to uh, – yeah, reach anyone that can't actually come into the space physically and being able to connect with my people back home. Like being able to be like, hey mom, you want to hit up my flow today? You know, <laughs> like I can actually like pull her in and she doesn't have to feel the pressure of coming into a studio and not feeling, you know, equipped enough so she can practice in her own space. But um, yeah, people all over the world, it's like their time in the day, like we're going to sleep and you're getting a new post of someone maybe doing your flow and it's like 2 a.m. and you're like, that's so cool because it's probably like two in the morning or two in the afternoon there, you know, I don't know, but um yeah, just the community and everyone reaching out through social media and uh, being able to co- communicate and engage in that way has been really awesome. Um, for me, I think it's because I've been doing the online thing for such a long time. I think it's to finally be working in a space where like, I believe in the whole team and like everything that we're building towards. And not to say 
anything negative about anything else or anything else that I've created, but it's, it's just different when it's not necessarily your vision. And so everything that we're doing with coming online is like my vision, Carling's vision, then, and then in turn it becomes the whole team's vision. Um, because everyone has their inputs into like the way we arrange things or the way we take the shot or the way that, um, you know, how we structure the schedule or teach classes. Like it started, um, with what Carling and I really believed and then it's kind of evolved into, you know, something for everybody, which I think is so cool. And it's also, um, the, the, a way I think that on the content that we create, and I feel like I talk about this a lot, but the content and the classes that we create are fresh because they're not created to exist forever. I think there's such a different pressure on a class and, and a formality almost that comes into play. Like, when I would record um, for Al or even for my own YouTube channel, if I say something that's just like a little bit like, I'm like, oh, I could have said that a little bit better. It, I'm like, oh, maybe I should stop and fix it and um, or restart even. And then for the way we're creating content now, it's so natural and normal and real. Because like if you're teaching normal class, you just mess up sometimes. You, you can't stop. Say, yeah, you just, say, you just say the wrong word and then you're like, oh, haha, this word or this, this pose. And just like there's little errors here and there that are just like human and they're natural. And to be able to have that element in our classes, uh, I think makes it makes it authentic because it's it's what you would experience in a normal class from any of us um but yeah we, we will definitely have to uh start start practicing you know ho hopefully when when right before we open up the main space we'll if you're local to seattle you can you can maybe come down to the the new production zone and, and take a class so we can get used to having classes with no pauses mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no pauses no matter what to just kind of get us ready for um for teaching people in person that's one of the things that's so weird to me i was like while we've taught so many people online this year, we've really only taught each other mm -hmm. for a whole year. Like, f f I've, I've taught five people this year. Like, mm -hmm. I've taught you two and Carling and Erica and that's... Has Kim been in a class of yours? No, I don't think so. So just four. Yeah, just four really. But that's yeah, so weird. Like, really in weird. person, just four people. Mm -hmm. It is. But, like, another thing that's super rewarding about... Um, everything being online too is it, the barrier to entry is just so small. Yeah. I remember when I first found you guys, it was online and a lot of my first yoga was in my own home. Yeah. And so it's cool to be able to create content that we're all super amped about and proud of and to be able to share it um, in this platform is, is, is super exciting. So, and I know that especially coming from someone who didn't really have a yoga background when I first started, um, or really any type of knowledge about yoga when, before I started, it's it's nice to be able to go your own pace, pause, uh, get the feel of things, because it's cool to, when things open back up, when we get to be in person, you get like, oh, I, I know kind of some of this stuff, or if you've been practicing with us, that's going to be the funnest thing, is when we have people and we're like teaching some of the awakening stuff and they're like, yeah, dude, we know, we know this shit. They're dialed we've been, in. Yeah, we've been they're doing this for a in. while. So that's kind of cool too to see um, all the students when it does come back, all the people that have been practicing with us. And we're not going to like test you guys and be like, hey, what have you been doing? <laughs> like, like, it's not like one of those things, um, but it'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when another question that kind of came in this week was when you're talking about or considering the like i guess i'm trying to phrase it because the question's worded a little bit weird but how does it feel to like have essentially lost the in-person community you know you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. we again like we've taught we have all taught four people this year so like mm -hmm. what does it feel like to ha like have that gone for a mm -hmm. year essentially what's, the, what's that been like for you it feels like a piece of your soul's kind of gone <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad i, I mean so like there's a lot of positives don't get me wrong in the online world like we've talked about but when you come into a room like maybe if you're even just having a gloomy day if you're in seattle you know and you walk in you have a room full of people or just anybody at all like you're like hi you know how's it going and you instantly kind of can turn on a mode of like i'm feeding off other people's energy because they need me we need them like and um I think that when you come in here and it's all, you're all alone, you're like, you know, looking at a curtain, you know, it's going to reach people eventually. But like in that moment, um, it's like, sometimes it's like, I need that morale, you know, I miss that energy. So I totally miss just people and community and, um, I can't wait to get it back. Um, to be honest. I, I agree with that. I definitely feel that. And I would say for me, <clears throat> it's kind of been this wild transition of when I very first began kind of figuring out 
how I was going to teach and, and things. And I would say, especially as of late, this, this whole online not having students has really allowed me to focus on my perspective and my experience and how I would get into things and how, cause you don't, you don't have bodies to read. So mm -hmm. you can only speak from kind of your place, your, your truth, if you will. And I think that's kind of, it's very freeing to me because it turns, it's like, Hey, here's what I'm offering. This is coming from me. And this is how things open up to me. This is what makes sense. And I'm hoping that it makes sense to someone else. And if it does, that's awesome. But if it doesn't, we have four or five other awesome teammates that, that can pick up kind of that feeling and vibe. So it's really helped me own who I am and what I like to teach and offer and really let go of everything else. So that's been super beneficial to me. Yeah, I think it's funny, um, just piggybacking off that a little bit. I notice myself saying the word preference and personal preference so much in teaching right now. And it's because I'm literally only <laughs> referencing my own practice. Like mm -hmm. uh, I taught a class that maybe y'all talk on Wednesday. Um, I took it. Yeah, no, you were in there. And uh, it's funny because you were like, oh, like my hips felt amazing. I was like, yeah, but I know we're similar in body type. So I was so, like, I yeah. know the hip opening stuff that I need and the, the coordination patterns that I need, like speak to you like directly. Like it's, it's like a clean line of communication. <laughs> yep. um, and so it, you know, I hope it obviously resonated with y'all too, but there's just these little elements of there, there's so much more of an element of personal preference in teaching online that is really interesting. And I think it's, helped us all become better teachers because you, for the last year, we've really had to own our own preference, mm -hmm. right? You've really had to own like, oh, this is the, this is really the way I like to do things. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, what you're teaching isn't inherently based on somebody else because whoever you're teaching, who's been in the room with you, A, can modify, will modify, and we'll also take on the challenge. You know what I mean? Like if, if I'm doing something, you take my classes all the time just on blocks just because, mm -hmm. you know, you take my classes all the time over there. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I have been still here, you guys. I'm just usually kind of off film, getting in my, it's, get it's, in my no, zone. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, I think it's awesome. But the, uh, you know, but you're, you're taking it, but maybe you linger in a pose a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Maybe you take a, a sequence one step further than I would or something mm -hmm. like that. And there's like, we're all... I, I don't need to speak to you in a super specific way because I know you can always take care of yourself in the mm -hmm. practice. And we, we've all lived in that zone. Um, and yet when we go back to uh, being in person, um, now stepping a little bit into what you were talking about, I'd be like, I miss just having that natural change of energy. Mm -hmm. Like, like no matter what happens before you show up for a class, like you, you're there, there's people there. Like that's an energetic shift. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how you're feeling. It doesn't you matter. Walk yeah. in, you're, you're just like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and you know, and there's, there's lots of different energies. Like, you know, usually here it's like very chatty, chatty, <laughs> but, um, that's a nice way to put it. We're just chatty. Um, but there's all, there's just the, it's it's a there's a randomness to showing mm -hmm. up right like like you don't you know some of the people that will be here in class but you don't know all of them mm -hmm. and and you uh there that energy is it's contagious of course and that's such a weird word to say this year i've been like trying uh, yeah. to you know what i mean like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, weird to think about. that's what i've been it's really funny when we're doing separate tt i'm like your positive energy is contagious and i'm like mm. do, 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 let's remove that word <laughs> is it's like infectious uh, take that word back too um but you know it it's one of those things where you really do pick up on the vibe of other people and like it, it kind of helps shift your mood and give you a different a different perspective right mm -hmm. because um people are here to do class and that's mm -hmm. such a that's such a cool thing you know what i think we all like speak or and i'm not gonna speak for you both but i i think we all have this um passion to to teach people i love yeah. i think we love sharing this practice like i mm -hmm. absolutely love it and when we don't necessarily have that it it really is it it, it can be it can be challenging but once we get things back going it's gonna be it's gonna be i hope y'all are ready it's gonna be a <laughs> it's gonna be time party. yeah it's, i'm pumped <laughs> it's gonna be a it's party, party. it's a yoga party every day at the studio mm -hmm. i think i miss reading bodies so much mm-hmm I do too. I think it's just like, 
just seeing people move in space. Like I get to do a little bit with our online TT stuff because people submit videos and we can go through and read those, which by the way, new online TT starts mid-May, mid-May I feel. About feel? a month. About a month. Check it out on a, um, yeah, mm-hmm. awakeningyogacademy.com. You can get all the details there uh, if you're interested in signing up. But yeah, I, that's the only time I really get to read bodies, you know? Yeah. And then like if, if we are, we as like a team are working on something or like mm-hmm. pondering a question or trying to figure something out or when one of y'all asks me for advice on something, but that's kind of it. Like that's mm-hmm. the, that's the in-person body reading I, I've gotten to do. I mean, I think like the most is like when we do a, f- uh, floor session mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, like you're not using this foot or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, what's crazy is I feel like we all three have also been reading our own bodies so much more. Yeah. I feel like my oh, awareness gosh. for myself, I'm just like. You twisted, structured being. Like, I'm, just, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like back of Notre Dame. Straight up, I'm just like, what is going on? And so a lot of these times, and I'm sure you guys do, there's reasons why we hold my right leg back in space a little bit longer. Like, that's the side that needs a little bit more for me. But So it, it is kind of cool to an extent to, even though we don't get body street, I know that I'm noticing so much more about the way I move because mm-hmm. I'm the only one that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's like every other day, like I feel like you walk in or something, you're like, oh gosh, I realized something else about my body today. My right hip is doing this and my left hip is doing this and that's why my back is doing this. It's like we're always having that kind of dialogue around here. It is It is constant. <laughs> and in my warrior three, I'm like, straighten that back. Like, I, feel like, I'm extending, I feel like I'm extending as much as I can and it's just like, it's just like this little flip yeah Dude, the video doesn't lie it's very true it does not lie but i'm just the effort is there because yeah. i know sometimes there was one time i was doing warrior three and i was just like all right i'm gonna look at the camera for a few seconds to give a cue but this is also just me letting myself know this is my max effort i'm i was wanting to like see <laughs> acknowledge if, it <laughs> acknowledge it and then i even like nodded a little bit after the cue because i was like all right this looking is at okay. the little screen yeah. like, i was looking at the screen and i'm like oh, get it straight and I'm like squinting because I don't I can't see it that's why I carry my timer next to my mat because there were too many times in class where I'm like trying to be calm and then I'm like what (laughs) dude I feel like with your back leg you're like one of those uh long neck dinosaurs where you're like your head and your tail are too far away <laughs> yes, and so there's the, the brain waves just don't quite get there to that lifted it leg it gets to the knee you know, yeah, just like a pause <laughs> that's amazing what do you feel that you notice most about yourself that like you yeah just simple my left hip doesn't move. My left hip is the only thing that I see in the camera because I'm yeah. facing this way. So it's like, that's all I see. And like in my mind, I give the cue all the time and push your left hip back and push your left hip back in warrior three and any lunge. And it's not actually going back. <laughs> like, like my side body is shortening and I'm like, but I'm saying it. I'm actively right there in that moment saying it and not doing it. It's like, it's that reality of what you think you're doing versus what you're actually doing in that moment. And you look back on the video and like, dang, I really was giving my full effort and it just wasn't actually happening. So so I'd say that's the biggest thing with me and my left hip I think on everything. I like that. That's good. It's it's good to like pick up these little okay. little details. Like one of the things I've been focusing on a lot recently is equal push in hands and feet in downward facing dog. Mm-hmm. Like as simple as that because we do downward facing dog all the time and we're doing it on camera. It's almost, it's usually a time where you're just kind of like talking mm-hmm. or like you're giving people a time to reset unless you're flowing, right? But you're giving people time to reset and Maybe you're just like organizing the beginning beginning of class. Maybe that's a time you do a fair amount of downward facing dog. Um, but then I'm like, oh, am I even pushing equally through both hands? Like if I had like a scale under my hands, it's something I've been thinking about. It's super nerdy. I'm like would the pressure be equal between mm-hmm. right and left? And I've really been trying to like focus on that a lot because I think it's it's like it's foundational, right? It's structural, and the more you can understand those things, the um, the easier it is. Another thing that I've noticed a lot about myself, which I actually noticed a, a long time ago, and I think it's from doing a handstand practice outside of a yoga practice, but I shorten my jump up to the top of the mat all the time. And I'm like, why? There's the, I could Cause eat. it helps. I saw you started doing it. I started doing it. Cause that makes my hop way easier. I've actually tried to stop doing it. So like it, I, I've really been conscious in the last week or so. I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't do that anymore. For a while, I was like, I was just accepting it and letting it be what it is. But now I'm like, no, because I saw it. The, I saw it the other day from handstand class. Maybe this Monday's handstand class, and I was just like breezing through it. 
and I was in one downward facing dog that wasn't supposed to be short. It wasn't supposed to be anything. And it was borderline a forward fold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like, it was a forward fold if you're, if you're stiff, you know, it was, it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, let's, let's, uh, let's do the pose, PB. Like, let's, let's get that one going. Let's add that back into the mix in terms of, um, you know, finding balance and finding structure. Uh, Speaking of like reading our own bodies and stuff, though, another question that came in, ironically, these are all kind of leading into each other. We got a good, good vibe going. Um, In general, can you train too much? And then we'll kind of branch off that with a few other questions that are from that one. Can you train too much? This person isn't talking about handstands. The answer to that uh, to me is definitely yes. But like just in general, can you train too much? And like, what do you think about that? And train practice. You guys get the gist, right? It's kind of same, same. I absolutely think you can train too much. I feel like if you're constantly training or moving or doing whatever you're doing and you wake up very sore like every single time like the next day or it's like you're not really getting the time to recover so that you can properly give the full efforts when the times that you are training so I feel like it's kind of hard to tell where the growth is actually happening lots of people I feel like get stunted in that because they they're like well I'm doing all these things and I'm doing you know I'm doing hit training every single day and I can't tell a difference but my body's hurting and this is hurting it's like finding a more balanced approach sometimes to um, learning when to rest and when to listen. And I think all of those things play a part, how much water you're drinking, how much nutrients you're getting. Um, I think there's just so many different variables that go into a person. So absolutely, I think that if you're really training hard and you're not maybe getting enough protein or adequate calories or all these different things, um, I think that there can be benefits or not benefits, but um, downfalls to it. Yeah, I, I definitely think you can um, overtrain and, Especially if some if you're someone that likes to really push things and kind of push your limit and it's easy to tweak something and then keep pushing and then get injured. And I think uh, especially having to teach so much online and when you had your freak accident, really the the focus was availability and making sure that where everything is um, that we're able to perform and able to take care of our body. So I've noticed that finding a combination of things that not only I enjoy doing, but but that are going to help me reach my goal, which is to continue to move for as long as I can in ways that I want to. And I think that um, there's a balance of everything and finding your particular balance for the goals is, is very important. So I know I tie things back to vision a lot, but I think having a vision of what you want your kind of goals to be with it, with it. And, um, that's always super helpful to me to stay motivated, to stay focused and to find a routine with it. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the, one of the most important things to, um, consider is personal acknowledgement of, and awareness of where you're at in your process and what you're doing outside of your practice, outside of your training. And uh, what I mean by that is, for example, for all of us, we are doing a lot of movement. Mm -hmm. We're doing a lot of movement, right? Just in terms of taking each other's classes, taking our own classes, practicing outside of teaching online, right? So those are, that's the amount that we practice is is quite a lot. we have a lot of movement in our bodies every single day. And so that's possible. Like we've built Mm -hmm. up the baseline Mm -hmm. over a very, very long period of time. If you're somebody that is newer to any sort of training, you need to build up your baseline. Like until you have a baseline, it doesn't, it's really hard to understand what under training or over training would even mean for you because like, Let's say you're a former athlete of any capacity and then for whatever reason you stopped moving around like you were got in a relationship or you were hanging out with friends or you got really busy at work or just for a period of time like whatever you just like forgot to move like your body still remembers and has levels of athleticism that live within it but you have to acknowledge like hey maybe you have to sit at an office for eight hours a day or hey Um, maybe you just haven't done anything active for a really long time. Mm -hmm. If you acknowledge where you are, honestly, it's going to really help you understand what type of training and, and practicing and really the amount that you can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Another thing I think a lot about with it is, uh, what helps you not 
run into a situation of overtraining is diversification, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, diversifying your training for sure. Yeah. Because if you're like, he was just kind of the circle back on that point. If you're sitting at a desk all day and maybe you haven't worked, but you're like, I think I'm going to give uh, CrossFit a try. I'm just going to throw that as an out there. And then you go hard all in CrossFit, like the very first day back. And then the next day you're like sore, but you're like, I want to do it again. You know, the next day you're going to, I'm going to do it again. And all you're doing is just doing it again. CrossFit. I don't feel like it can be really maintainable because your body is just going to start getting these like burnout moments. Cause you're going to be like, Oh, I trained really hard for this one week. And then you're like realizing like, Oh, I didn't find that balance because I do was at work all day and I forgot to eat lunch and all these different things go into it. And I think that's like, maybe that day that you did CrossFit over and over and again, because you were sore, but you're like, I'm going to work through the soreness. Maybe that was like a perceived thing that you've heard in your past, which is always great. Like it's great to move even if you are sore, but maybe you do like less movement that day. Maybe you work on mobility training or flexibility training or just going for a walk, like something that's like a little less than walking just backwards. walking <laughs> backwards. Exactly. We became really weirdly obsessed with that for a while like it's really good for you though you should do it definitely it's great for you you can yeah exactly like just walking backwards for 10 minutes whenever instead of being like i feel like i have to go get that work in because in reality it could be working against you rather than for you um so yeah it's just really thinking about where you are in your process and that'd be really beneficial too and like not and and to not say that uh going kind of back to your your baseline we move every day. Yeah. Like every single day we're moving or doing but, something. But, but we've but, been moving before, but, but before. And then, then with this, it's it's like it's different. Co- you know? Correct. So and so knowing what what that little bit of movement every every day is for you. So your training doesn't have to always be max effort. Mm-hmm. So so I think there's a lot of things that there's because we get to a you get to a point to where you stop moving and it just doesn't feel good. You're like, no, I actually need to move. Um, but there's just like you said, diversifying the movement and being honest with yourself. If there's some ways that's like, dude, I am so sore here, or here. Like, there's other avenues to hit. We can always do a hip openings. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're yeah. feeling tired in your handstands, hand, or uh, handstands, oh, we can always can do more hip stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the things I've actually learned a lot about and studied quite a bit, especially since um, October when I got hurt. Because of all the protocols that I've had to do in my recovery process, there's like certain days I do certain things. And it's really put me on a completely different schedule than one I would have had for yoga. Like the stuff I was doing in my yoga practice was, hey, I always just practiced yoga. Like really that, that's kind of like people always ask, what did you do to get this strong or do these things. I was like, I practiced yoga. And then as I got better at certain things, I just kept evolving the things that I was doing. And then over time, and again, that was kind of like probably stepping back maybe eight years, let's say. And then over time, I started doing some of the flow stuff that, uh, that you see on Instagram and, and things like that. And I would just add those things in, but none of it was like in this flow, I'm going to be doing these things. And mm-hmm. these are the things I'm going to be working on. Um, I was really just like being inspired and just being part of what came to me that day. And that's because that's where I was finding joy. And and I think that there's something to be said in when it comes to your practice, which is like, are you looking for results or are you looking for joy? Mm -hmm. And coming to that answer will actually give you a lot of clarity into how you want to practice. Because if you're looking for results, some of the things that you have to do, they suck. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's one of the things that I have to do. That's two simple things that I have to do for my recovery process, um, which y'all could easily understand without me saying too much about it. Is a four-minute wall sit and ninety-second lunge holds, going from my highest elevated lunge position into the deepest in a ninety-second lower with this machine attached to my body that's essentially electrocuting me to stimulate muscle muscle growth or muscle neuromuscular connection, right? Um, so those things are really intense, but I have mm-hmm. to do that a few times a week. And I'm just like mad during the sessions. It's brutal. It's, like, it's brutal. <laughs> Not at the sessions. Again, like it is definitely 100% helping me get like get better and get to, to having such a speedy recovery and not just speedy in terms of like, I'm getting better, but like my body feels really strong. It feels amazing. But, um, the, the fact that it, is putting me on a regimen that diversifies. It's I've also been thinking about that a lot in, the, in many other things that I've been doing because that's been such a part of my process. And so it's helped me get much more diverse in things that I was doing like before um, because of being in a very, 
I don't want to say yoga training because I don't ever think about my yoga practice as training. Uh, but like in, in the process of yoga, it's, it's very about repetition and like you're doing, you do these practices, like this is a practice for this thing, or you're, you're kind of repeating, um, certain things that you've done. And so I've really mentally tied myself to those things often. Uh, and it's, because, and not just because that was the thing to do, but because it, it gave me joy. And so I wasn't, I was joyful to practice and I was joyful to continue to follow the, the process. And then as I've, you know, been, uh, I'd studied a number of things. And then as I kind of came into doing a lot of this rehab, beginning to study more and more things, it's helped me understand the value of diversification in the movement practice even more. And I've felt stronger because of it. You know, it's like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to say, but it's really, really hard to tell your mind that like less is more, mm -hmm. but I've probably done less handstand this year, but yet I feel stronger in my handstand. Mm -hmm. Just you're more, your processes are starting to be so much more efficient. Yeah. Efficient, but also just balanced. Ba I yeah, think like, efficient. like I'm, I'm obviously practicing every single day and I've really found a way to do that even through the recovery process, which is awesome. But you know, a lot of stuff is, is in different muscular activation patterns mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's, it's kept it, I don't know, like really fresh and really interesting to me. And I would say when you talk about muscular activation patterns, is like when you talk about overtraining too. Yeah. Sometimes what comes with overtraining if, or what we're talking about as overtraining, if you're like working so hard, sometimes that can lead into poor patterning or muscle activations. Cause like you're trying to strive to get X, Y, or Z and maybe you're not like, you're worn out, you've hit your max that day, but you keep trying. Like, is that benefiting you or is it working kind of against you? And I think that it's sometimes nice to tune into those types of moments. Cause I know sometimes for me, if I'm getting tired or my body's getting fatigued, but I still keep try to keep pushing, it's like, then like I start to feel compensation happening within my body and things starting to work where I'm like, that's not really what I want. So then it's like that moment to like, oh, okay, I need to dial back. Um, just being aware in those types of moments. Yeah, there's a difference between like things that are pattern based that you really need to focus on mm -hmm. doing the right way. And then like just brute, like fuck, let's just give everything we <laughs> yeah. got. Like there's definitely a difference. Yeah. You know, push-ups, you know, you're yeah. doing everything you can or with, like some of those, you know. But it's not always like great to just push yourself like that Correct. all the yeah. time. Yeah. Like it's like, also it's, it's again it's, it's just really trying to understand like what's your aim like mm -hmm. if your aim is joy and you show up and like for example you come to coming online and you see four classes like you see but simple monday right you see uh carling's mobility from sunday kim's yin whoever taught the set my handstand shelby's mellow and kim's gentle strength mm -hmm. bam off the top of the dome yeah nice <laughs> that's not bad and you're like you're looking at those and you're like okay I know handstand is going to be tough, mm -hmm. right? I know mellow flow, gentle strength are going to be balanced. I know mobility is going to be interesting, and I know yin is going to be chill. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm looking at those options, I'm like, okay, which one is going to bring me some joy? Mm -hmm. You know, and if, if you're looking for joy, that's what you should be, that's what you should be going for, right? Mm -hmm. If you're like, hey, I want to work on my mobility, even though my legs are sore and I may be tired, but I don't want to work on my mobility, then you've got to take that mobility class. If you're mm -hmm. trying to go upside down, like, take that handstand class, mm -hmm. but the thing I, I really want to, I really like to consider when I'm doing almost anything, there's some stuff you got to mentally get yourself there, Absolutely. you know, but other stuff, it's like, Hey, like be excited for what you're about to do because mm -hmm. hopefully it, it's, it's fun. Um, but also if you're excited about it, if you can bring a positive mindset into it, like you'll be more tuned in for the repetitious side of the practice. Like I, I noticed for me, if I'm doing, uh, a handstand or uh, re really honestly anything like a handstand uh, a number of push-ups and arm bounds and I just don't have like an excitement for doing it like the quality isn't quite there even if like I'm in the proper position and I'm active and I'm totally. paying attention like but being excited for doing the rounds I think is really really important and so that's yeah. when with my recovery, I always like try to make myself yeah, really excited about it. Yeah, you definitely have to be it. mentally there. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah, y'all see me, I have like cramp up half the time. Yeah. And stuff. It's so brutal. 
But I think that's kind of awesome about our platform too, is that there is a lot of diversity yeah. all the time in the schedule. So it's like, there's always likely a vinyasa, something that either is going to be pretty vigorous or sometimes like if it's like the set, you know what to expect. So you can come and kind of turn your mind off and just cruise, you know, there's like, there's lots of different ebbs and flows throughout the entire week of scheduling. And it's like, do you want to pick the hardest class on the schedule every day of the week? Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's there for you, but you also have an option to maybe dial it back a little bit. With other what, what do y'all think each day of the week is the hardest class? Monday. Hands Yeah, Tuesday. What is that? Uh, I would say probably me or C's vinyasa. Yeah, vinyasa. Me, mine. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 mine's, is it vinyasa? Yeah, I'd probably yeah. say mine. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably say mine. Yeah. Wednesday? Mm, my ability is not really hard, and it's only it, 30 it, minutes, I so I'd it, say. I, like, I think it feels good more so to me. Like, so that'd be your vinyasa. vinyasa. There's mm-hmm. tough components to yeah. it, mm-hmm. but like I feel good doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, let let us know in the comment what yeah, y'all think. Yeah, that okay. would be great to know. <laughs> Shout it out. <laughs> Thursday, I'd probably say probably Erica's. Erica's. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Carlin can hit you, but hers is mellow on hers Thursday. Hers is mellow on Thursday. She's Car- chill on Car- Thursday. Carlin, so it definitely is because mine's and it's yin-yang. your yin yang. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, Friday, I'd say mm-hmm. mine are yours because yours sometimes your vinyasas are tough, mm-hmm. but mine's Lately, slow power. Kind of leg heavy. Mine's just a little baby hitter. Yeah. <laughs> True. But I did the funniest thing. Uh, a little sneak peek if you're taking. Uh, well, I don't know when this is released. Are they? Is it released? I think like it's coming out tomorrow. Okay. Well then, yeah. You if you if you listen to this, my Friday, <laughs> my, my Friday. It's a little slow power. It's the funniest thing. I hit him with something like pretty quick, quick and hard, and I'm like, whoo! I I had to sneak that up on you. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing I think about too with online training is like you don't get the privilege of like hearing jokes sometimes. No, like I do. You're on I Allo or something. Yeah. It's like oh, yeah. you could. I would say if you had I, CJ on an Allo plane yeah, or do something. Do you think Allo would be like? He'd say this joke Jessamine and then you take that class like ten times. Letting it ride for a bit and and it was. I mean, I don't know. People were digging it a little, but but then maybe you not dig as it the much as time. I don't know. So that's that was the thing. I always always wondered that. I literally myself always wondered that. I mean, I I always notice you don't really hear jokes in all that stuff. You don't. You don't hear the little. I mean, would they let me grab a candle to use as a fashion release (laughs) for a moment? The other day, (laughs) he was telling me that, and I was like, "Y'all probably saw it." I was just last week's yin yang. I was just like, I really wanted people to use a fashion release ball, but I had to get the point across that if you didn't have one, you could find anything. Can of soup. I said can of soup, and I was like, before the class, I was like. This candle would be great. Maybe that I, everybody's got, dude. Everyone has candles that they have never lit and that are just sitting in some cabinet or cupboard. Shelby, how many candles yeah. do you have back at your house? You know, just on deck. I have a lot. Um, are you saying? Are you saying more? Fifty plus or minus? I'll say minus right now because but what's a little sad below. is they're all fairly low right now, but they're all still great containers. So I'm working on freezing them and then like salvaging the rest <laughs> hey. of the candles so then I can burn them. But then I've been using those. I bought a bunch of tea light candles. Yeah. So I was just putting little tea lights in all of the <laughs> old candle things because I'm like, you know, sometimes the candle's really expensive. And so... Um, Although the tea yeah, light just are. burns in like an hour and it's done. You're like, well, I don't know what's the better <laughs> option. So. Uh, but yeah, I do like candles. Anything that smells good. Mm-hmm. So fr- back, to, back to Friday. Friday, Friday sh- slow, power, slow power. Slow or, power Shelby. or Vin, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, it's, it just depends. Sometimes I'm feeling like I'm going to sneak in. Yeah. Like I'm going to hit them. Saturday's hard to tell. I'm like, yeah, it was tough, but like it felt good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, Saturday's hard because it's always varying. It's like yeah. you and E are constant, so y'all could battle for that. But like, if you have a master that's coming up, that's nah, going to probably take the hitter on like, I feel like tough. I feel like master is just it's not as much strength reasoning. It's just about skill, though. I but don't feel like it's that hard. that's tough because it's a mental thing, too. If you're going yeah. in a 90-minute class and maybe you're used to the 45 to an hour, yeah. you're like, that's a whole different kind of challenge. That's it's true. all about you didn't say what kind of challenge. <laughs> so you know. That is true. Yeah, we're, we weren't just saying mm-hmm. like physical effort. So... What, what do you feel? But like functional freedom is, is tough, I would oh, say. Oh, yeah, I'd probably put that in there. And then strength and stability is tough. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So like usually specialties kind of take, unless you're like, Erica's walling in and it's like, yeah, that's it's beautiful chill. and it's very chill. But it's like, that's like that's the, that's the stuff you need to take. Like it's yeah. like when you're taking a really hard class on Friday, hit up the wall if it's there for yeah. when it comes around, you know? So yeah, lots of diversity. Take advantage of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a new practice path. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about it? 
<laughs> sure. It's a little functional strength and it's their very, very short little hitter videos. And they're more about just trying to kind of gauge your awareness of what your body's doing just, just, in space. Just for space. real quick, for the audience, what does little hitter mean? Just, 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 uh, you know, a just, quick just heart a, rate, a quick... get your heart rate kind of moving quick. Like, <laughs> you know, like you feel, I don't know, we call little hitters. Like yeah, hit, hitter is, hitter is, a, is a phrase around the yeah, team. Yeah, sorry. Slang for the community. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's like a fire practice. You yeah, know, like, it, it's going to yeah. cook you up a bit. It it's is. A hitter. But yeah, um, they're just like really quick little bits um, that you could take them consecutively too. I will throw that out there as like, if you're like, oh, I'm feeling one, you could probably do the next one and the next one. Like they're probably, they're very easily done in that way. Like you could treat it however you want to, but um, lots of them just kind of are gauging towards, yeah, what your body is doing and like creating strength and awareness um, in different ways and ranges with your arms, with your legs. And then we kind of put a little functional freedom-esque flow. We actually did it actually last week, um, but it's kind of back in there for you to just practice over and over again because it's one of those that's kind of revolves and it goes and so um, they're great for getting your heart rate up you can consider it kind of like a cardio version I like to consider them my cardio because that's <laughs> all I do uh, to get my heart rate up but um, yeah they're really fun little things and so check them out and tell me what you think <laughs> <laughs> what did you have any like particular inspiration or thoughts when you were making the classes like uh, what was when yeah. what was your aim? So my aim was I wanted to actually replicate I think that there's four basic foundational movements that our bodies do that are like crucial to just movement in general and that's hinging with your body which is like hinging of your hips, squatting, pushing and pulling. Like that's what our body kind of does. And in the yoga it's super hard to replicate anything pulling. So unfortunately there's not really any of that kind of behind it. If you can grab some bands one of these days maybe we can ever Dude, and, something I've been doing recently mm -hmm. is uh and I've done this in a few classes, is having people hold the sides of the mat. Ooh. And you pull. do the, the straps. I do the strap, yeah. and I know that that's a great thing too. But okay, mask yeah. and mask. I'm trying to think prop, non-prop yeah. life. If that's Straight the, if we're well, thinking I mean, about non-prop. Yeah. True, but everyone usually is practicing with a mat. I, I would say no. I'm just I, I say we're bad, most bad, people have a mat have over mat. Than, a, than a strap. I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah, so those were just kind of like themes or concepts that came to mind was just like um, those four premises and then just trying to create something yoga-esque that kind of fits within that. So um, there's lots of like, you know, stability with pressing and there's lots of stuff with for hinging and squatting and then all of it combined into one. There's no pulling necessarily, but all of the others are hopefully there with the stability kind of intermingled with a lot of strength. Yeah. So, yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about that? Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. Just, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought because you had a good answer. Uh, and then you got one coming up soon. You got any ideas? You want to drop any hints for the people? What you got coming I, down? I dropped a hint for my slow power. I'm not going to drop a hint quite yet for, for my tactic plan. <laughs> wow. Can you give too much to the people? No, here's the thing. I am keeping it a little bit close to the chest. It's either going to be something, again, continued along the lines of strength and stability, or it's going to be something along the lines of uh, people who are tight, like yeah. myself. And I will help you open up. Hey, I respect, I respect the hustle. Um, so we get so many questions around sequencing on a regular basis. And instead of answering this question because we've answered it before, what is one tip you would give to people when it comes to creating their own sequences for teachers? Like what's one, one tip? Just like, it doesn't have to be like your best tip. Just is, like it for, is it for online or just like in studio or? Either, but let's do both. Okay. One tip for online, one tip for a studio. Like if you're teaching class, like what's, what would be one little tip you might have for somebody? Revolved around creating sequences. Revolved around creating a sequence. Know who's in your class. Know who's in your class. That's an in-person one. That in -person. is a for sure Know, know your one. audience. Know, you don't have to like have a detailed notepad being like, give me your little history. Right here. <laughs> but a body scan. And if you Jennifer's know, left foot only turns out to 47.3 degrees. Straight up. Or I'll remember the first, one of the first times I taught uh, one of the busier classes, I had something in mind and we had a full class and I'm not going to do wild thing anymore or yeah. like some, it needed to be a very linear practice because there wasn't a lot of space. So knowing what, what your audience is like beforehand can really help. At least that helped me with my sequencing. So it's just knowing who's in your class and, and like the capacity that you had and where you're at. 
I just, I just remember one, uh, when we were open, one woman came up and talked to me. He's like, wow, like I've taken one of your classes and you teach a lot of crow. I was like, well, it's crowded, so you can't really do a lot of the other ones. <laughs> you do a lot of lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, it's kind of the, that's kind of the art. If you want to do our bouts, sometimes it's really crowded in here. It's kind of hard to like do side crow or kunyasana one or two or even Ekapadabakasana gets a little bit. Mm-hmm. I haven't taught that pose in such a long time. It's maybe, really, maybe next vinyasa? It could happen. I, I don't know. I feel like it's definitely one that comes out in person a lot more because I can see the people, but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. from home, I don't know why I don't, I don't bring it out as much. Tip? Okay, so I'd say a tip for me coming from my creative side um, of what I like to do. And if you also are an awakening yogi out there, this might ring a bell or two. This is kind of very much in line with that. But I like to think of the solar practice and... For me, like this week in my vinyasa, I took like, I was like, hmm, you know, what do I want to do this week? And I did like a combination of the warrior series with the stability series where I like, like had those two thoughts in mind. And then I'd like take those two components or two series and say like, what do they have in common? And what are their like similarities? And then I try to kind of build upon that. So it's like a lot of them are like, oh, it's hip opening, but a lot of also internal rotation and lots of other like stability things and so you did a lot of you did a lot of like eagles and you did the whole skandasana but you did like the whole warrior series a little out of order from front to back but that's kind of how I in my brain do things is like I like to take even literally parts of our series and then be like oh okay what do they have what can I do what can I do with this and then try to create from there um, by just breaking the components down like if you were to say I want to do a backbend class like if I'm going to do a heart opener class, like, well, what are those components that are going to get me to a heart opener class? If you want to be more energetic, I mean, yet that can go lots of different ways. You can say, throw all the anatomical things out of the window and just be cheerful and just kind of go for <laughs> it and lead them through a lot of flow, maybe, or, you know, something that's a hitter. But, um, again, the hitter word, sorry, it just comes no, out. The hit, natural. Hit, you don't need to apologize it's for so anything. That, that's common slang. I just wanted people to know. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah, you true. Hear, like, you're like, you what the heck is hitter. that? Yeah. But yeah, you, you have, you have um, some reference. It's just. uh, it's definitely something that gets thrown around quite a a lot around here Uh, I think one of the uh, for creative sequencing a tip that I would have is I was like references to like tying your shoes like Mm -hmm. if you could you want the pieces to come together so like as many times as you cross the strings you know as you're going up to the top like make sure you're tying the bow so Mm -hmm. if the whatever your sequence is, um, it, usually sequences move in many different directions, but if they come together, then the class plays really nicely. Mm-hmm. And if they never come together, sometimes it feels disjointed. So I yeah. think like trying to find a way, like how are you bringing it all together? And that has nothing to do with peak pose. Um, if you heard me talk about sequencing a lot, I'm actually not that pro peak pose sequencing, conversation for a different day, but uh, it's more just like how do these how does this element and this element and this element come together to kind of blend into like the overall class experience? That's mm-hmm. something I would think about. I'd also say simplify. I was yeah. literally going to about to keep, say that. Keep, keep, keep things very simple. And yoga, I always reference music to things, but yoga really, there's only so many poses. And there's only so this is his, many. This is his catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only there's I, only twelve notes. Say, yeah, there's only there's <laughs> only notes, but there's only, so, there's, only, there's only so many there's only so many poses. So if the poses work, don't feel like you have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And and what I mean by that too, there might be same uh, types of vibes and styles of classes that could have one piece switched out or. Uh, maybe you switch this for this or reorder things and it can still be a great class. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think when we think of creative sequencing, it has to be this completely revolving, beautiful masterpiece when, to be honest, creative sequencing is like you said, is just putting it together in a very clear, focused way. Like there's so many things that people come up and be like, oh my God, that was such like an amazing class. And you're like, well, we've done it before. We just did the set out of order, and we added this and this. Yeah. And and but but my point is that can be very creative in mm-hmm. the way that you use your tools, mm-hmm. the way yeah. that you use you whatever arsenal, you whatever arsenal of tools that you have in your belt is enough. Mm-hmm. And just being able to play those parts, and then the more experience that you get, the the more that you're. Uh, seeing bodies, the more you add to that arsenal, then you can add more pieces to to what you want to teach, and you have more offerings. That's what's so awesome about Awakening Yoga is that you get 
the, this set practice that, and you can learn that you can really piece together. I mean, we use a part of it every, every class I use, mm -hmm. I use something from it. It's yeah. definitely helped me something. become more simplified in my approach. Um, when I came out here, I'd say I was, I was, I like to be very creative and link like a thousand things together. And don't get me wrong, I still like to link things together. It's just a part of my nature. But I try to make it more focused, if you will. So it's like still creative in its own way, but it's still like everything, like you said, it's everything that you've done before. It's just maybe mixed and mashed up in a way that seems. Creative. And then you can take bits and pieces from from that, from mm -hmm. structured things that you know work, like the A's or the B's or the Warrior Siege thing, and then you can create within that, and you can create. And if you really want to cook people's legs, do the A into the B. Yeah, yeah, that that's always so a steady rough. cooker. That is always. so rough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That that there's some there, uh, kind of what you were talking about with like, and you both have talked about this a lot um, in this, and also in past podcasts, but like cutting up different pieces of full solar mm -hmm. into like different creative forms of the class. Like because you have those pieces and you've done those sequences, you know how they feel and you know how they work. And that understanding uh, really helps you get creative with them. And so you know like, oh, if I'm working Warrior Series, I know how Warrior and Stability play balance together. And that's gonna give me a reference to how I can make something new out of these same pieces. Yeah. And sometimes the word creative kind of gets blown out of proportion. Yeah. Creative is mm -hmm. your own experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, the way you would teach a backbend and you would teach a backbend carling me is all going to be a little bit different. Just but the all way creative that we in orient, way. It, mm -hmm. But just the way we like to orient things off of preference. So yeah. sometimes you don't like creative is just be you. And yeah. Offer what you can. Yeah. I also think it's... Uh, Kind of how, what do I want to say? Like, I feel like my words are just like just one step behind my mind today. We're just uh, cluttered all over. The <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby, it's just, it's just the random clutter everywhere. <laughs> but the a lot of the the creative side of sequencing really comes with your ability to articulate it, and just remember that. And that's part of the reason that I think both of them said simplify, right? So like, start out simplify your process and then once you know your pieces then it's much easier to finesse them in different ways but until you really know your pieces like really 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 know them it becomes challenging to understand how your creative sequence will play i mean even there's even sometimes in here where one of us will start a class and we're like doing something creative quote unquote and it's like, oh, I'm like, oh, that doesn't work. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it for, towards them. I'm saying, like, I'm teaching them. I'm, no, like, oh, that doesn't, I'm, like, yep. I'm like, oh, that doesn't play. Mm -mm. And I'm like, okay, run that well, back. Run that back. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and, and again, it's, it's interesting when you're in that mindset because, I mean, for me personally, I don't ever come in with a plan. And so um, as, I'm, as I'm building something, I think I know how something's going to work in my mind. And most of the time, I believe I'm correct. But sometimes you're going and you're just like, ah, well, ah. Mm -hmm. There's I'm, definitely I, been I, times I mean, where I've like yeah. gone, I've done the flow one way one time, and then I'm just, and then I just naturally be like, and we're just gonna switch it up just a tad bit on these next rounds because <laughs> yeah. it's like I didn't want to do necessarily what I wanted to do, but you just gotta yeah switch it up sometimes. You, you just you learn to play, you learn to play into your own game, and, and the other thing too, which is is really interesting, is like creativity is always in the eye of your student. Right. And so I released a class on YouTube mm -hmm. this week. Like I drop little 30 minute haters on, <laughs> on YouTube, like once a week, usually on Wednesdays. Um, and it, I, I got so many comments this week. I'm like, wow, this is like such a creative sequence. And I was like, C's, B's, navigation, three backbends. Like that was it. Like, you know what I'm saying? The, yeah. the, the, like nothing about that in our world is creative. Mm -hmm. It's just, it just works. Right. You know what I mean? Like C's, B's, navigation like boom 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 those three pieces go together really well makes you perfectly set up to do a few back bends and then that's a wrap you know mm -hmm. that's a and sequencing hitter. also has to deal with like the pacing and yeah. knowing knowing the ebb and flow of your practice and and starting in a way that's engaging and ending in a way that's time appropriate yeah with that being said y'all time appropriate yeah. now is the time for us to uh to wrap it up yeah and we gave you way more than one tip as usual as natural but we hope you enjoyed you know some of those and they're in reference to our you can create context with them 
outside of awakening yoga. I know we always mm-hmm. reference it a lot and you may, you know, be part of that vibe or not, but you're welcome here no matter what. So, mm-hmm. you know, thanks for being in it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We're glad to be back. Next episode will be from the new space. So you'll start to see it. Hopefully, when do I say maybe Thursday or Friday next week? I think y'all, y'all will start to see the new space pop up on, um, on Commune Online. So be stoked about it. And uh, we look forward to practicing with y'all soon. Have an amazing rest of your day.